We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is not real. This is not real. This is not real. This isn't happening. Kate, uh, tell me this isn't really happening. I hear there's uh, something you don't like the looks of. We discovered a very large comet. Oh, good for you. It's headed directly towards Earth. This comet is what we call a planet killer. At this exact moment, I say we sit tight and assess. Sit tight and assess? Sit tight. And then assess. The sit tight part comes first, then you gotta digest it. That's the assessment period. This is the worst news in the history of humanity. He just blew us off. What are we gonna do? We have to release the information. So we just leak it. Our guests today have made a pretty big discovery in space. How big is this thing going? I can't destroy my ex-wife's house. Is that possible? <laughs> There's a 100% chance that we're all going to die. Okay. Hey. Hey. <laughs> well, the handsome astronomer can come back anytime, but the yelling lady, mm, not so much. Not so much. We're going to get the news out there one way or another. It's real and it's coming. FBI! Jesus Christ, you could have just called me. This comet contains $30 trillion worth of material. What do trillions of dollars matter if we're all going to die? Oh, no, what if we're rich? That would be terrible. You guys discovered a comet? I have a tattoo of a shooting star on my back. Oh, that's that's terrific. <laughs> this could be a complete disaster. This is already a disaster. <laughs> you know that girl from Live TV said we're all gonna die? No. Yo, bro! the FBI put that bag over your head. They don't do that. The CIA does, but I made them do it. You know, I had a feeling. It's a good feeling, because that is what I did, and it was very funny and cool. For this bonus episode of Final Review, we are here to talk about a movie that we will technically not be able to share our thoughts with you all of you for a couple of days um as and i um it is uh, november 30th 2021 um 
only because it's 1.14 in the morning. And last night, Oz and I went to see uh, Adam McKay's new film for Netflix called Don't Look Up. It stars... Buckle up. Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence. I actually should, I read an article about this. I should say this in the correct order. Jennifer Lawrence, Leonardo DiCaprio, Meryl Streep, Kate. That was Kate Blanchett. <laughs> Holy shit. Okay. That is a reveal that I just, that is incredible makeup. Okay. I, I am stunned right now. Okay. Kate Blanchett, Rob Morgan, Jonah Hill, Mark Rylance, Tyler Perry, Timothy Chalamet, Ron Perlman, Ariana Grande, Kid Cudi, Melanie Linsky, Himesh Patel. I think that's Michael Chiklis. Michael Chiklis. Is in the suit. Michael Chiklis. I, I almost thought I got to the end of, of the people I needed to say. Michael Chris Chiklis. Evans. Uh, but okay, Chris Evans is in one scene. <laughs> Of the actors, the recurring actors in this movie. Wait, Matthew Perry's in this movie? I apparently okay <laughs> he is listed on the cast list um the story is as follows um based on truly possible events two low-level astronomers upon discovering that a meteor will strike the earth in six months go on a media tour to try to warn the world but find an unreceptive and unbelieving populace this movie eyes <laughs> um let me let me start here. Let me just lead with this and get this out the way. I really enjoyed it. I think a lot of people will enjoy this because it it really highlights a frustration that a lot of people in this country have. The the satire and the parody that's happening from minute 1 to the literally the middle of the credits, the entirety of the runtime. It is something that's relatable. It's it's parodying something that nobody is going to be confused by. It takes shots at both sides to an extent while really taking shots at another side. I, the humor lands. There's, there's some performances in here that are the best I've seen all year. And yet, what I'm struggling with, admittedly, a couple hours after seeing it, is do I like it? Because it's a good movie, or do I like it because I'm the choir that they're preaching to? Because I am part of the crowd that shares in Adam McKay's clear frustration, which is why this movie exists. Is that why I like this movie, or do I like it on its own as a film that I will ever go back to this at any point, which is the struggle that I'm having? Like, there are some jokes here that are just the same joke over and over again throughout the movie. For example, Jonah Hill's character, he's Meryl Streep's son and the White House chief of staff. He's a dickhead the entire movie. The first time you meet him, he's an asshole. The last scene of the movie, he's telling the same kind of joke and he's just an asshole. And at that point, it was like, all right, there's, I don't know if there needed to be anything new to his character, but this is now the fifth time that you're just using the same kind of joke. And I'm just, I'm back and forth on my emotions of this movie being, I thought that was a great film, or I agree with every single sentiment that Adam McKay had. Let me, let's get the general thoughts out of the way before we highlight a couple things. Eyes, we've lifted the embargo on ourselves. Your thoughts on the movie Don't Look Up. 
Let me first say that the funniest part of when we see a movie together is when we awkwardly not talk about the movie <laughs> when we're leaving the theater and head yes. back to our respective trains. It, it's always hilarious as we're both trying to like feel out how far we're allowed mm-hmm. to go into even mentioning it so that the podcast is actually genuinely fresh. Let me say this by first saying a word about Adam McKay, which is that yes. I, I, like everyone my age, I, I love his comedic output. I think he's made a lot of of truly classic modern comedies. I mean, Anchorman is is special and we could go through a lot. Step Brothers, a whole bunch of the work that he's done. Yeah, the guys, is, yeah. Is, yeah, is just great comedy. I'm in the minority in that I think the big short is fine and I think Vice is kind of bad. So I'm I'm not someone who's fallen under the sway of of McKay's political satire work or quasi satire or farce, whatever, whatever genre you want to put it in. It hasn't really worked for me before. So I, I, I give that background to say that I was shocked how much this one worked on me. Mm. And you say that, you know, you, you get it because we're hitting the same beats for the fourth or fifth time throughout the movie's runtime and you're not wrong, but it's actually capturing a particular sort of 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 frustration that i personally feel in a very acute way and i think it does skewer left and right obviously the right gets skewered harder because guess what pandemics are real and so are fucking asteroids so um yeah that that's part of it but like it, it kind of works the sort of beating your head against a wall and seeing how the characters respond be it from from you know, one one character who becomes sort of like a, a an advocate, one character who sort of becomes part of the system, and another character who is basically thrown out as a result of trying to to fight the system. You see the different ways that running up against you know conscious choices to to skew towards stupidity and away from from science, um, or towards ratings and away from science, or or towards you know like a pleasant viewer experience and away from science. Um, how all of these things have happened and we're, we still we still see them now and it just hasn't changed over 18 months so it, it doesn't feel tiring for me to see it over you know two hours and 10 minutes of a movie it feels like someone is screaming out into the void in much the same way that that i feel so maybe this one has just worked for me because of the special place i'm in with my frustration over everything and how we've managed to create yet another new fucking variant and god knows what shutdowns are are coming again in the future i found this to be to be genuinely hilarious in a lot of parts and and i think sometimes satire that's very on the nose takes a little bit of time to age into its legacy i think most people think of idiocracy as a modern classic today and it got mixed reviews and nobody gave a shit when it came out i i think even in a way like it's something a, a real classic take something like dr strangelove i mean that that is incredibly on the nose and ridiculously over the top in a way that is not entirely dissimilar from from this. I, I'll also add that this movie, like frankly, everything that wants to do a sort of burn the rich thing falls into the succession trap for me, which is that succession also spearheaded by McKay. It just does it better than anything else that's on <laughs> right now. And, and I found myself thinking that like, Succession does better versions of the Jonah Hill character. 
like like Roman is a better version of the Jonah Hill character than what we get in this movie. And now part of that is, you know, what you earn out over the course of spending whatever we're at, like 27 hours with the succession characters so far. And we have, you know, two hours with this crew and, you know, maybe like 12 minutes with Jonah Hill in this movie. So it's hard to to have that sort of growth and arc. But it, it that that actually is a quibble for me. That I think succession lances these people better than this movie ever could part just because the structure of TV works better for that sort of eat the rich mentality. I mean, if you compare anything to succession right now, it's going to come at a distant second. Um, I, I, I am so back and forth on why I like this and whether or not I like, like there's this, there's this Netflix mockumentary that came out earlier this year. I think it's called Death to 2020, where they get a bunch of celebrities to sit down and pretend to be talking heads for a documentary about 2020. And like Kamel Nanjiani is a tech bro billionaire that got rich during the pandemic. And Christy Milioti is a, a, a house mom that jumped onto QAnon message boards and now she's a proud boy, proud girl. Like she is all, all hooked on the, on the Facebook conspiracy theories. And like that worked well because like, there's no attempt to try and create some type of narrative. And I think here, because of the clear satire that they're poking, but still an attempt at, a story i i just i'm back and forth on whether or not i'm just all for those the story or whether these characters are fleshed out enough for me to like it i don't even know if like mckay was trying to do that maybe he was like you said just sharing in the frustration out of all of it and this works as a response to what we went through the last two years and unfortunately what we're still going through. Um, and I, like you, you mentioned that they, they punch at both sides. There is a running gag on the, in the movie that there's this daytime television show hosted by apparently Kate Blanchett and Tyler Perry. <laughs> and like everybody watches it. Everybody like tunes in for it and they they're going on that show j-law and and leo are going on that show to announce to as the biggest audience possible that the asteroid is real and that it, it's coming um and like even the the throwaway lines to end the the scene of them throwing it to commercial and it's like stay tuned for what like paradise island oh, or it's not paradise it's too hot to handle too hot to handle what's the one where they don't meet each other love the is blind circle. oh love is blind love also. is blind and the circle the circle's good the, the circle that, that was is on there clip, too that was a clip from too hot to handle that they were playing when uh was when it they really called, <laughs> when they called it you know like millionaire bachelor or whatever the fuck the, the fake uh -huh. thing was but i don't yeah. know word fiance was like surprise fiance was like, yeah yeah point is the, the daytime talk show that's going on throughout the movie. I don't know if that was meant to be poking at both sides, like how COVID was covered from both perspectives. Cause I, I think if you turn on like liberal news, I won't name a specific channel, but you know what I'm talking about. If you turn on liberal news, the coverage is gloom and doom and the extremist fear mongering that 
I, I can appreciate, but also I don't know how safe or seriously or like, has there been improvement? Has the death rate gone down? Like all of these different layers to it that are just not talked about. And in this, it seems to clearly be making fun of a different side of the argument that I thought there was an opportunity there to discuss like, like, both sides have sucked throughout the last two years in how to cover this and how to actually relay information that people need from the smart people. And I, I don't know. I think it's just, it's where I'm struggling because the humor lands in every single scene and the story doesn't 100% do so. Um, I, I feel like I'm being a little bit too negative though. Cause I, I say the humor lands. I, you and I laughed the majority of this movie all the way until the very last scene during the credits. Like I, I was cackling almost 100% of the runtime. Leonardo DiCaprio is out of his mind in this movie. Um, Jennifer Lawrence is strong here. Meryl Streep plays the president and she's really good. Um, can we talk about Oscar potential real quick? Sure. So is there a way that we can get Ariana Grande and Kid Cudi to go to the Oscars and sing that song? Their their uh, original song for this movie is unbelievable how good it is. This has enough star power. It's obviously not going to do red notice numbers of viewers, but it's going to do huge viewers. And Netflix does a big Christmas movie every year. And this is their big Christmas movie. It comes out on Christmas Eve on Netflix. They're They're pushing the hell out of this thing. Uh, I think there's a very realistic chance that it gets a best song nomination along okay, with good. a fuckload of other nominations. Yeah. Um, Mark Rylance is really good. He he plays like one of the tech bros. Um, I took him to be like, I took him to be like Tim Cook or Jobs, but also like Zuckerberg. It's, it's, it's Peter Thiel. Oh, Pete, Peter Thiel does make sense. So he's he's a conduit for all of the these tech bro billionaires that because they've got money are allowed to walk into cabinet meetings. That was, again, on the nose, but a, a commentary that was appreciated. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. 
at hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I feel like I glossed over how good Leo is in this. Um, it's a hot take to say he's one of the greatest actors of all time. And what he has to do here as the astronomer that helps discover the comet and starts off with his awkwardness and his anxiety and his intelligence that like all he knows is data. So the human emotion side of things is hard for him. And because he looks like Leo and is starting to get attention throughout the movie, seeing him start to evolve out of his shell to enjoy the popularity and lose sight of of the goal i i just appreciated the layers to his character um and and just an unbelievable performance he is such a gifted comedic actor and physical performer Mm -hmm. that it's it's really a bummer that he's only flexed that muscle like four times in his career the two tarantino movies uh wolf of wall street and this are really the only times he's he's done things that are are like highly comedic turns and they're I, i think all four of those performances are absolutely brilliant i think he's he's amazing here he has like this this fucking fantastic like losing his mind network-esque scene here which is so good and so powerful and i don't want to spoil anything but so beautifully basically undercut in the editing to prove a point by by mckay and the story they're telling i just it is it is really really good work and it's 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 strange to think that leonardo dicaprio could be perfect casting for basically fauci but but here we are and it he he's asteroid fauci and it fucking works see that is something i appreciated the anytime the comet was used to like further someone's brand like the, the use of the internet in this movie and the hashtags and the fake youtube videos and anytime like facebook comments or, or youtube comments pop up i just i appreciated all of that and how the cycle is repetitive throughout because that is how we process events now is we all rush to our corners, get our tweets off, put up, upload our thing. And then, you know, the world reacts that way rather than like the people that are smarter actually being listened to. I just, I guess I wish there was more of that throughout this movie. I think that you're understating how hard it skewers stuff on the left in part because the stuff on the left is, is, 
a, a little less obvious in the way it's presented here because it's a little less obvious in real life. But the way they skewer, I think they make up a New York Times, like a fake version of the oh, New York yeah, Times. Oh, yeah, that. Good point. And, and the way that they they give in to like even the faintest pressure and the way they sort of both sides, the treatment of like a non-scientist making scientist statements as opposed to what scientists are saying. They, they fucking lance that. The, the Ariana Grande concert it's like I, I think it is such a searing indictment of like masturbatory left activism of we're gonna change the world and meanwhile it doesn't do a fucking thing. I, I, I think especially as it's cross cut with with Meryl Streep's Trump rally, mm-hmm. um, which is a thing that happens in this and it's great. But uh, the the cross cutting of that, I think for for me at least, I found it really effective. Like here's our own ver- here's our as as left leaning folks our own version of this stupid shit so we can hear stuff that makes us feel good about our worldview. Uh, I just, I really, I, I look a movie starring Leonardo DiCaprio and Meryl Streep made by Adam McKay. We know all of these people's politics. It's not going to play 50, 50, just, it's just not, but I think they would tell you, and I wouldn't disagree that perhaps the, the balance of who should be skewered isn't 50, 50 right now. And, um, I, I think it, fairly hits the left uh to a significant degree maybe um again the use of hashtags is to your point used for this purpose and that it's also amazing but yes yes it's it's done extremely well for example there is a plot line that it emerges uh in the middle of this movie that people of earth specifically people of america don't seem to believe that the comet's real and because i can't see it they they do these these fake polls and uh apparently there's a conspiracy going on that the comet has been invented by the government for government control purposes sound familiar uh well minor spoiler alert the the comet becomes visible from earth because it's coming toward us and the hashtag just look up starts trending. And so Meryl Streep and her people start to hashtag don't look up and say they like this is don't look up. They're trying to tell you where to look. They're invading on your freedoms. And again, it's so on the nose. There's also this this plot that like the Rylance character wants to send out these little machines that he's created to drill into the comet. So that way he can get the minerals that are on it and it'll lead to more and more jobs. And so Leo starts doing these infomercials that like, are you, I'm pro the, the comet will bring more jobs and I'm pro comet. And it becomes a, are you pro <laughs> comet or anti comet again on the nose? And Leo in these commercials looks like every single doctor that tells you to get vaccinated during sporting events. <laughs> I appreciate the satire that I think is a little more subtle at both sides. I just, I think there was me for me personally, I think there was a little more meat on the boat, which is why I'm struggling. Admit it. I've seen this movie once, Oz. It was three hours ago. Maybe in a couple of weeks when I see it on Netflix, as my thoughts on this movie uh, start to age, um, I, it'll get it'll be different. I, I th- I'm still wrestling a little bit. Having said that, I'm at an eight out of ten overall as we get into grades. I think this. This is up there for me for Leo. He is so good in this. This has the humor lands. The performances are extremely well done. And, you know, maybe with a couple of rewatches, this will get better for me. But right now I'm at a solid eight out of 10. I am 
brutally struggling with numbers because we saw this movie like four hours ago. So putting, yes. a, number, putting a number on it is very hard. I'm going to call it a nine. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a so- rock solid nine a couple weeks from now. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a seven a couple weeks from now, especially with something like satire. You, you, it needs a little bit of time to bubble before I can really land on on where I'm at. Because look, I'm I'm still in the in the afterglow of I I laughed a ton during this movie. I, I thought it was absolutely fucking hilarious. And I mean, some of the comedic elements, some of the like side stuff that's going on is is so funny. There are little details. I mean, we we he. Andrew, you mentioned the like hashtags and the way they use uh-huh. like a, a Twitter thing in this. One one detail I notice is when DiCaprio is playing keyboard warrior and like fighting back against trolls on on his own Twitter mm-hmm, feed. Mm-hmm. He has he has a a book that the Meryl Streep president wrote that I, I I don't remember what the exact title was, but it was the equivalent of like how to get rich quick, like one of those stupid ass Trump books. There are all these subtle little details that I think this is a movie that's going to immensely reward. Rewatching, and I, I will say this is perhaps the first time I've certainly seen movies where I've read the book first, or I've seen prior versions of the movie. This is the first time where I've read the script first. Someone slipped me a version of the script of this like nine months ago, and I I read the script then, so I I knew what I was in for, and I think maybe going in knowing what I was getting sort of better prepared me for what it was, or, or you know, kind of got me more into it, so that there wasn't there was less drama to it or it it, it it was never in a place where i felt like there was any drama it was a little like you know everyone everyone knows slim pickings at the end of dr strange love so it, it going in with with kind of a, a foresight into how it's it's all going to wrap up it perhaps kind of freed me up to just enjoy the humor and the performances a little bit more than i might have otherwise but um i'll go i'll go light nine oscar potential um adam mckay is two best at best director nominations is he is this something that could get him a third it's really hard to say for one reason which is that adults aren't going to movies so we don't have we used to have box office as as a differentiator and you could look at something like belfast and be like it's done x amount of business therefore it's fucked or look at something like licorice pizza and see that it did like pre-pandemic level per theater averages and say hey paul thomas anderson is getting in I don't really know what to make of it anymore. And frankly, all these movies are on streaming like three weeks after they're in theaters now. Anyway, I, I look, it, it's clear that Adam McKay has supporters there. I think there's a real shot he gets in. And I, I very strongly feel that this is his best directorial performance based on four hours of consideration. Uh, I think he the direction here is very, very strong. He wouldn't make my field, even though I liked the movie a good deal, but I, I wouldn't be shocked if he does make this field. And I think he's an absolute lock for screenplay. Best picture is a possibility. So I think director's, a strong possibility, yeah. Director's a possibility. Leo? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. I, I think um, we have a... Well, let, let, let's take two minutes on best actor. I think we have, okay. two, we have two locks, and those are, are Will Smith for King Richard and Andrew Garfield for Tick, Tick, Boom, I think. Are Cumberbatch? Our, You've seen the movie. And I think Cumberbatch is probably my three seed okay. for, for Power of the Dog. And then I I think, and I, I might be going chalk here and not having any weird outliers. I think it's it's DiCaprio next for this and Denzel for Tragedy of Macbeth, which I've not seen. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is our five. I wouldn't be stunned if, if Denzel gets 
bumped. Um, I, I'd, I'd, I'd be pretty surprised if Leo gets bumped. This is the sort of big performance that's going to play very, very strong to SAG in particular, who tend to like big performances. It's why I'm so confident in Garfield because SAG's the biggest voting block in in the Oscar election pool, and most of the SAG people you'll be shocked to learn were once theater kids so the movie that's like a love letter to theater kids is definitely definitely getting in I I think Leo's getting in it's a it's a big performance I I I'm most worried about Denzel of those five because who the fuck wants to watch Macbeth yet again especially in black and white and I know it's like big portentous Joel Cohen Francis McDormand there's like a lot of really important people in it but even I'm like oh god another fucking Macbeth adaptation uh, after that I, I don't know there's a lot of like good performances that I don't think have any real chance of getting nominated Joaquin Phoenix and come on come on I, I haven't seen it yet but I, I've heard that Mahershala Ali is incredible in a movie called Swan Song but the movie kind of blows it's coming out on Apple later Simon Rex is supposed to be great in a movie called Red Rocket but that dude's a porn star by trade and thus is not getting an Oscar nomination even if he like wins the Spirit Award Maybe Oscar Isaac for a card counter. There's been some talk about um, the dude from Jockey, Clifton Collins, which is a very good performance in a movie that's in a movie that's just fine. It, it, it's hard for me to. I, I just don't feel a lot of heat around any of those performances. Maybe I, I don't think anyone has seen Nightmare Alley. I think it the first oh, screenings yeah. happened this weekend. So maybe Bradley Cooper is a late breaking dark horse i'm gonna go out on a limb and guess that well no one has seen the matrix keanu is not going to be cracking this field mm, so wait till people see it and then we can officially rule them out okay but I, I think we're, we're basically done with best actor and it seems like as strong as the west side story reactions are ansel elgord is not the beneficiary of that and because he's seems to be a pretty shitty guy he's not going to get in and i don't think they're going to reward any of the kids like the kid from belfast or the kid from or the kid from Come On, Come On would both be great nominees. I don't think they're getting in. So I'm sorry for for deep diving like a fucking nerd here, but <laughs> I, I think we got a pretty set best actors field and it is, it is a very, very, very star powered field. And I, I kind of think that's the a motivating factor for the voters too. To If you get, look, Will Smith, Denzel, Leo, Cumberbatch and Garfield, that is very, very strong in the star power thing. And even the 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 two lesser stars there have, you know, I'm sure he's not in it, but Spider-Man No Way Home and Doctor Strange 2 coming out also. It just, to the extent you're trying to brew up some ratings, and when you look at some of the people who are going to be nominated in the supporting categories, you're going to need to balance it out. This is a good category to go total star fuckery. So we're just ruling out Tom Holland? <laughs> yes. For Spider-Man No Way? Okay. Wow. So no confidence in that movie. Okay. Is that, is that, is that a serious question? No. Of course it's not. Um, Jennifer Lawrence. Mm, I can't see it. It's not a very big performance. It's it, not. I, I, I she's. I think she's good. I don't think she's yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah. But it's just not the, the actual, like you said, the the bigger performance that the guild likes would be would be Leo here. Now, speaking of big performance, you know, let me say the Academy fucking loves her though. She got a nomination for Joy, and no, nobody liked that movie. Like the people who made that movie didn't like that movie. So, including uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Is it the most shocking thing that could happen? No, in part because everyone is basically letting uh, <laughs> letting Kristen Stewart do like ISO Kristen Stewart for award season and everyone else is pretending they're supporting because um, Kristen Stewart is such a big favorite. But I, I just I can't really see it. Pick two supporting 
characters because there, I there's so many. No, there's that, one. In, there's one and only one that we need to talk about, and that's oh, Meryl okay. Streep. Meryl Streep has what 17 nominations. She gets uh, nominated 21. for everything. Yes. There we go. 21 nominations. She gets nominated for basically everything. I I think that she has an extraordinarily good chance to get nominated because the star power of who else is getting nominated is is dreadful i think there's a i'm just with how bad the ratings were last year and what a disaster it was mm-hmm. and this sort of general feel that the oscars have lost all relevance i think there's a genuine push by the academy this year to recognize the stars and and streep is your your biggest name who's going to play there um meryl streep okay um even though i would personally put kate blanchett because i I think she has more to do, but um, okay, actually, that's fair. I, I thought Kate Blanchett was, was, I thought Meryl Streep was good and funny, but really kind of doing a bit and not doing a, an actual performance. Yeah. And I, I thought that, that Kate Blanchett was hilarious in this. And I would, I would be all in on Blanchett getting there instead. But I think if, if someone from this gets in, it's going to be Streep. And then Jonah Hill or Mark Rylance? Not a chance in hell. Need a chance. Okay. Uh, original screenplay. Absolutely. Um, editing. I'm mentioning to you that I, I'm not the biggest fan of his quick cuts mixed with like National Geographic footage and, and YouTube clips. Um, I, I, it gets a little discombobulated for me at times, but, um, do you think the Academy will go for it here? Uh, Um, Just a real quick, the big short and vice got editing nominations. The fact that they both got editing nominations, the fact that they were, I believe both nominated by the editors guild as well the eddie awards the fact that i i i think he may actually and i think i think he may have won for at least one of those this guy hank hank corvin or something like that who edits for for mckay's serious work uh i think means that he has to be thought of as a player here and when it gets look loud editing tends much like loud acting to to draw attention and the editing here i found it mostly effective but it is extremely loud uh and i think that there's a very real chance it gets in especially because folks tend not to reward kind of slow contemplative movies even if the editing is quite like power of the dog is is immaculately made every cut is purposeful and with intention every every it's it's a beautifully made movie and i just i I would be surprised if it got a nomination over something like Don't Look Up. And then any other below the line categories? Hair and makeup for Kate Blanchett? I, I could I could see hair and makeup, but that that's kind of got some favorites now, like our our old friend Super Mario from House of Gucci. <laughs> okay. Uh, I would say that the score is in play. I think it's good. It's Nicholas Bretel who's having a moment because everyone loves succession so much and how good his work is there. Uh, am I, do I think it's a lock? No, but I think Bertel is, is a pretty good bet for a nomination. Okay. Don't look up. It is, uh, available in your house on Netflix on Christmas Eve. Um, I hope it's in limited theaters on December 10th. So if you'd like to go see it in theaters, head to your local theater as of December 10th, you can check it out. And, uh, I think we did, I think we, we've did it justice and we've nailed on a, a general, positive reaction to, to don't look up. I'll take it. I, I think more I think about it, the more I come away positive from it. Oz, what would you like to plug before you get out of here? Follow me at Oz on Movies on Twitter and go to the dot com. 
please rate our podcast five stars on whatever service you use, particularly Apple. Also, uh, enjoy our recent episode, There Will Be Blood, and look forward to our next bonus episode, Nightmare Alley. Thank you for listening, everybody, and tune in next time for another final review. We knew no bounds behind the speed of sound Riding against our lines but soon against ourselves You haunted every memory With no goodbye sound Bad for me Your pride put out the fire in the flames Then just one look is all it takes I feel